Welcome back to our website and to this recording. All this year, I'm delivering a series of sermons, a total of 12, one each month, and the theme is Faith According to Scripture. In this series, I have wanted to take us back to what faith means as written in Scripture, what we learn about God from Scripture, what we learn about Christ, what we learn from the instructions of the apostles is worthy of our confidence, and that should be expressed in our conduct. Various aspects of faith and the activity of faith in Christ have been brought to our attention in this series this year. Now, in this time period, I want to take us to the little book of Jude in the New Testament. I want you to listen to verse 3. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Jude is writing to Christians, and in this place the words are contend for the faith. Now, what does that mean? What was the situation Jude was addressing? And then, how do we comply with this command? That's what we're going to explore during this time. First, we need to know something about what situation Jude was addressing. There are two very good resources we can rely on to discover what was happening when Jude wrote this. First, inside the epistle itself, and second, in the parallel passage in 2 Peter. Let me explain. Inside this letter Jude wrote, there are statements informing us of what was happening that call forth this urgent appeal. Look at the next verse. Verse 4 begins to tell what was happening. To the Christians he sent this letter to, he said, certain people have crept in. Just the word crept carries a clandestine sort of idea. Our impression is these people who crept in were up to no good. In fact, Jude goes on to say long ago they were designated for condemnation. That means long before Jude wrote, the purposes and behavior of such people was specified for condemnation. But the Christians Jude was writing to hadn't noticed or had not been alert or responded sufficiently. These kind of people crept in unnoticed. And so right after Jude puts out the call to earnestly contend for the faith, he says why. In verse 4, certain people had crept in unnoticed, and their purpose and behavior was condemned. Then, should there be any doubt about these people who came in and their ill-conceived intentions, what does it say next? They were ungodly people, and that settles it. We're not talking about good new members who are welcome to come in and work for the Lord. These were ungodly people. But in what way were they ungodly? Just keep reading. Your Bible is open before you, right? Just keep reading 
What does it say next? What were they doing, these ungodly people? Perverting the grace of God into sensuality and denying the master. I tell you, if someone presents or interprets the grace of God in such a way as to promote sensuality and deny the master, they stand condemned. They are ungodly. Older translations use the word lasciviousness, turning the grace of God into permission, appetite to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Jude is saying to the Christians he wrote to, you can't let that pass. You can't tolerate that. Don't look the other way. You have to respond, contend earnestly for the faith. So the faith we are able to embrace is based on the truth of God's grace. When God's grace is explained or perverted into sensuality or lasciviousness, that calls for a response. It called for a response by Paul in Romans chapter 6. Jude is responding just as strongly. I mentioned earlier the parallel passage. The parallel passage that describes the same kind of evil is found in 2 Peter chapter 2. Uh, later in uh, this day, which is going to be August the 2nd, I'll be preaching on 2 Peter 3, but I want you to look with me now in 2 Peter 2, and you'll see another writer describe what was happening at about the same time Jude was writing. 2 Peter chapter 2, I want to read verses 1 through 3. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed, and in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Well, you can see, Peter and Jude are addressing the same threat. And if you continue to read through all of Jude and all of Second Peter 2, there are several parallels, same language, apparently the same threat. Both Jude and Peter are telling the Christians they were writing to, you can't let this pass. You can't look the other way. When men are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, you have to respond. And thus the call to contend earnestly for the faith. Many translations include that word earnestly. So, we come to the question, what do we do with this today? What do we do with this today? Start with the obvious. This ought to elevate our level of awareness. It ought to elevate our level of awareness, not to suspicion, but to be wise, alert, ready to respond to false teaching specifically when the truth about God 
is being turned into something sensual, lasciviousness, and therefore a denial of the master. The response called for is not to respond in kind, react violently, hurl insults, or anything like that. Contend earnestly for the faith when the truth about God and His Word and His plan is being perverted. May I offer now three things about this for us to consider. Number one, check your conviction. If there are threats, false doctrine, seducers, corrupt people, I need to make certain I'm not vulnerable. I ought to use the Bible with wide-ranging self-examination to consistently check my convictions. If I've left something undone, if I have a weakness that needs attention, if there is some frailty, doubt, or misunderstanding, I need to attend to that. So my strength, my defenses are in good place, good position, to equip me to contend for the faith against threats like the ones Jude and Peter addressed. In Luke 1 and verse 4, Luke opens his gospel addressing Theophilus, and he identifies his purpose in verse 4 that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. I need the certainty Scripture generously provides. I need trust that has fullness and maturity, like that phrase that Paul uses about Abraham in Romans 4.21, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Don't let your faith go unchecked. Keep reading, keep learning. If you discover you were wrong about something, make that correction as fully as God requires. If we are lax in the maintenance of our faith, we are vulnerable and cannot really contend for something that isn't solidly in place within us. And so this is an argument for daily Bible reading, for regular Bible study, being attentive with prayer, that you remain steadfast, and that you excel in the activity of faith. Check your convictions. Self-examination keeps us sound, active, alert, and responsive to God, ready for heaven. Number two, speak the truth in love. I come back to this a lot. In Ephesians 4.15, speak the truth in love. And I often say I often say it like this. Paul tells us the message to deliver the truth along with the attitude of the one who delivers it in love. The message is the truth, the truth from God in scripture. The attitude of the messenger who delivers it is identified as in love. There are times when this is easy. When you speak to your children about the truth of God, when you are in a Bible class with Christians who want to learn and grow and they're excited about learning and doing, when preaching on a live stream on a Sunday morning, sometimes it isn't a huge challenge to speak the truth in love. But if you are contending for the faith face-to-face 
with someone who is turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the master, there's the challenge. In the Second Peter chapter 2 passage, there are heretics who blaspheme like irrational animals. They entice unsteady souls. Still, we speak the truth in love. We are bold and clear and fearless, but we never have any cause to let love be replaced by hate. Jude 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Number three, save them, but be safe yourself. I'm expanding what I said in the first point, and I'm going to be referring to Jude verses 22 and 23. In contending earnestly for the faith, there is the ever-present objective, ever-present objective to save people who are caught up in sin and error and those who might be influenced by them. While we answer error, while we do all we can to inform others and protect people from false doctrine, we never abandon the objective to save sinners. But we do all of that with our guard up, with our defenses in place. I want you to listen to verses 22 and 23 in the book of Jude and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire to others. Show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. When you are exposed to fire and you want to rescue someone from the fire, you act prudently and cautiously to preserve your own life. When we are seeking to get someone out of spiritual fire and trouble, or out of advocating error or being influenced by it, we approach the lost person recognizing the danger of exposing ourselves to the error. Our objective in responding to all sin and error, is to save lost people. Not just win an argument, not manifest our personal wrath, save the lost, but be safe and cautious in your approach. There is the danger of being so congenial and endearing. We who seek to rescue someone from the fire are ignited by the fire. Finally, I want to say about Jude 3. When you come to a passage like this in Jude 3 and imperatives like this to contend for the faith, there may be some urge to think, well, that's the preacher's job. Preachers and debaters and elders can do all of that. Preachers should, and there are preachers who are well equipped for formal or written debates, and there are elders who do this very well, faithfully. But everyone ought to support and back up those who are on the front line, preachers and teachers and elders and debaters. And can you speak the truth in your place? Can you respond to error by your knowledge and your use of God's Word? <clears throat> I've said many times, do the best you can to serve the Lord and speak His truth from where you are, with whatever abilities and opportunities 
and experience that you have at this point. We are charged by Jude to contend earnestly for the faith. Christians, let's do this. If you are not a Christian, when you become one, this will also be your commitment. Contend earnestly for the faith. Thank you for being with us today.